Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's been a week since the Blue Jackets were bounced from the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the world keeps turning and we've got a lot to talk about regarding the CBJ. We already have free agent rumblings from both the players and the front office, as well as news from the World Championships where seven Blue Jackets are playing for their respective countries. I'm Ryan Real. Joining us for this episode, we've got Will Chase. Hey, Will. Hey, what's up, Ryan? Things are good, and we've got Eric Seeds. Seeds, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you guys tonight? We're good. I'm good. I don't want to speak for Will, I'm good. but I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been a week since the Blue Jackets lost Game 6 to the Boston Bruins, and the Bruins are manhandling uh, the Hurricanes through two games. I just want to ask, a week out, we've had some time to reflect since our last podcast. Kind of, what what is everybody feeling? It's, it still sucks. Um and it sucks more seeing how Boston is just running through Carolina. Like that series hasn't even been close at this point. It kind of feels like whoever won our series was going to win the East. And it just sucks that that it could have very easily, but for a few bounces, some, you know, a little bit of better execution in the offensive zone. It could have been us who's doing this. It's just it still sucks i haven't really i'll just admit it i haven't watched much if any hockey since last monday night because it just sucks too much i just wish we i wish the blue jackets were still playing they had a roster good enough to still be playing and they're just not that just sucks yeah i mean sure it it does suck but i'm kind of I, i think uh the morning for me has was pretty much come and gone probably after game five or even in the middle of game five so Going into game six, I wasn't, I mean, I was hopeful, but I wasn't expecting much. And so I guess for me, it was kind of like, all right, offseason time. Um, and so I've been, I'm, I'm more in that offseason mode, I guess, kind of just getting on with the rest of it. I'm still keeping up with the playoffs a little bit, kind of watching games stress-free. But um, yeah, for me, it's just kind of curious about how the Blue Jackets are going to proceed into their offseason and what kind of moves will be made. I was not on the podcast last week, but I did go to game six and it was weird to be there and it's a playoff game. Everyone's excited, but there was a palpable apprehension and 
And it was not, I went to game three in the Tampa series, obviously two completely different games in the way they turned out, but also the way that they felt and the way the crowd reacted. And I'll tell you what, I've also been to game six of the 14 series where Malkin had a hat trick in that elimination game. And having to sit and watch the Jackets just not score at all, or, you know, last week, that sucked. I kind of compressed all of my morning into that third period where I just stared straight ahead and silently stewed. So it's off season mode for me. I don't, not that I don't care, but it, it, it does hurt too much to watch. I think a little bit, like I don't, I don't need to watch Marshawn taunt another player, another captain. Although I will say I did kind of like that. I, I, I like Marshawn, even though I hate him when the jackets are playing him and I hate him you know, when he's scoring against the jackets and when he's punching people in the back of the head. But I do kind of like his pestiness, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, I, if, 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 I mean, I'm a Dubinsky fan. I love Dubois. Well documented on this podcast how I feel about pests and uh, trash talkers and everything. I will say after all of that, I'm very glad I'm not watching the Blue Jackets get their doors blown off uh, the way Carolina is having to watch. Or, and I was thinking about this last night, could you imagine it's different in hockey, but watching the Sixers lose that game in game seven to the Raptors and the most devastating gut punch possible in game seven. I, you know, at least the jackets, at least the way I saw it from my own selfish personal vantage point, I didn't have to leave the arena like that. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, for anyone who didn't see it, Kawhi Leonard hit a follow a three pointer as time expired that really by every law of physics probably shouldn't have gone in, but it did. To eliminate the to eliminate the Sixers, yeah. Um, at least, yeah. At least the Jackets weren't gut punched. They just kind of got outplayed down the stretch in that series, and it just. I was at Game Four when the Jackets basically took every shorthanded opportunity humanly possible and let Boston Stars grow into, grow into the series, and that that was it. It, we we as. as Anyone who reads the canon regularly knows I'm the overly emotional one of of us on this on our staff here. No, and it yeah, <laughs> and it just it just sucks um, because I feel like the the Blue Jackets could be doing to Carolina what the Bruins are doing, but yeah, it's just the at least the Jackets in unlike and I don't want to like dump on Carolina here, but at least the Jackets put up a put up a fight like like yeah. Carolina hasn't even managed to be in one of these games and the Jackets stole one in Boston like like the, at least the Jackets went down swinging Carolina doesn't even look like they've gotten off the bus yet yeah I'm I'm definitely more engaged with the Sharks Blues series of the two I saw a good chunk of game one with Boston and Carolina and I didn't really see much yesterday and it was a blowout anyway but um yeah, I agree. I think that the Jackets Bruins series kind of was probably the winner coming out of the East. I won't give up on the Hurricanes as far as, I mean, obviously I think Boston's going to win the series and I thought that going in, but Carolina did come back against the Caps at least what twice. I mean, three times if you consider two zip in the series, 3-2 in the series, 2-0 in game 7. I just it's don't true. think they have enough. I just don't th- I don't think they have enough. I don't think that Morazic or McElhaney are enough to get them past Boston. But if they win game three, who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, for me, though, yeah, 
even though I'm in off-season mode, I was really engaged and really hopeful the Jackets were going to just do it. But I guess I kind of faded as that series wore on, and especially by Game 5. So I don't know. I guess I'm not in the it sucks, it hurts too much because, well, they, they did have a good run, and I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just ready for the offseason. I just, I just want to see how they can kind of recoup what, or if they can keep players, fix whatever. I mean, I'm just really, I'm kind of just glad to be done with the Panarin Bob drama, to be honest, but um, I'm hoping they can at least keep Duchesne. I'm glad you mentioned Bob. I, I, I do want to say real quick, every morning, I don't know who follows him, Sean Tierney at Charting Hockey posts expected goal differentials and possession numbers of every team and all the playoff teams and just watching the Jackets kind of move slowly into bad slash dull territory. You kind of, I mean, it was seeing that every single morning. It's like, all right, this, this can't last forever. But anyway, you mentioned Bob, and that's a great segue into what we're going to talk about next, which is Sergei Bobrovsky's condo on the market for $2.95 million on Spring Street, listed by a listener of this podcast, a self-professed listener, Jean-Luc Grandpierre. So, Grandpierre said, he told the Columbus Dispatch, that it does not necessarily mean Bobrovsky's leaving a lot of guys will sell or list their place and then re-sign. They just want to be ready because, you know, it's a hot market in the summer. So with all that being said, I mean, he's gone, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> he's already down in Miami with Artemi Panarin. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, he's 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 long gone. And I think given the goaltenders we have signed since the playoffs started, you know, we've signed two, uh, Daniel Tarasov and Elvis Merzlikens. We all we all knew this was coming. Plus, Jonas Corpusal is a restricted free agent. Like, I I, I I again, you know, thank you to Sergei Bobrovsky. But yeah, him, him listing his condo was no surprise. Maybe it was a surprise how quickly he did it because like right. I got a text message in the middle of a golf round on Friday afternoon. They're like, oh hey, Bob's condo's on the market. So like, oh he's 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 just getting out here real quick. But that's yeah. about the only surprise for me. Well, what's funny about Bob's condo, in fact, I'm looking it up, trying to find it right now. Uh, I guess Bob had a, yeah, here it is. He's got a picture of himself, and he says, the caption is, what should I do? Now, obviously, I feel like, you know, he's just kind of, I'm not saying begging for attention, but it kind of screams that in a sense, like, all right, we already know what you're going to do. And looking at this picture up close, it looks like he's at a party. Actually, I don't, I don't know if people are in the background. It looks like he has people in the background. It looks like he's at a party. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I think Bob is gone. And honestly, I mean, I was thinking about this, I think it was yesterday. Whenever Bob and, and Panarin come back, I mean, obviously, I would cheer both because, you know, people can think what they want with the whole Panarin thing. But Bob especially was there during the height of the success of this team, through the struggles and the playoffs and all that aside. He showed up big time in this year in this year's playoffs, and I mean, he signed what at least two contracts, I think, while he was in Columbus. Um, so you know, I feel like they went as far as they were going to go, probably with each other anyway. And I, you, I, I'm on the record as far as you know, paying a guy who's going to be 31 the kind of money that he deservedly would should get. I'm just, I just don't think Columbus should be the team to, to give it to him if he goes to Florida or whoever. You know, good deal. I mean good for him, good for that team, but like you mentioned, with Elvis Merciless-Skins, uh, you still have Corpusalo, all these goaltending prospects in the organization, Columbus is set up, to, I mean, at least in theory, they're set up going pretty nicely 
uh, with who they have, hopefully to replace them. And I'm really, I am curious about how Elvis does in the NHL, even next season, how Corpusala might do as a potential long-term or a, a full-time starter. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if you can replace Bob's production right away, but I'm curious and I'm really excited to see what Elvis does. It didn't take long to get out of the morning phase to the car shopping. Who, who can the Jackets get? Who, you know, new blood's always exciting. And yeah. friends are texting me. We're texting back and forth. Like, you know, could they do this? Could they do this? It's exciting just to see this kind of moving on. You know, it's always fun. That's what the that's what's so fun about the trade deadline is, you know, different different looks, different guys coming in. Regarding Bob, to quote Varys from Game of Thrones, nothing lasts. It was a great run, but mm-hmm. nothing lasts. That said, Bob's gone. Panarin's probably gone. Handful of guys, you know, we could talk about. But John Davidson has come up in the news in the past week and a half. Actually, before the playoffs ended, his his name was linked to the departing Glenn Sather job for the New York Rangers. But Larry Brooks wrote a column last week that makes it sound like he's he's it. He's their guy. They don't really have anybody else. What do we think about that? I'm not really surprised. And good on JD. Thank you for all. If if you do, if he does leave, thank you for all of your service you've done here. You've done so much to you know take this team that was a laughing stock when you got here to respectability in the NHL and rebuild the team, make excellent hires. I mean, look at Yarmo Kekalainen. If he does leave, I wonder what becomes of the president of hockey ops in Columbus. Does Yarmo get promoted and? Bill Zito go to GM, kind of like what Vegas is doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting summer here in Blue Jackets land as guys get shuffled around, players leave. I'm not really shocked that Yar or that uh, JD's likely on his way out the door. It seems, but yeah, just thank you for everything he did here. Apparently, so I mean, with John Davidson, um, I guess he kind of has a pattern um, as far as he took over the Blues when they were awful built them back up, made him a contender, went to Columbus, same thing. So, I mean, he's doing his job, obviously, as far as trying to like restore, whether it's respectability or just getting a team going again. And so it makes sense. I think he actually has a clause in his contract that states that the Rangers presidency opens up, he can go. Um, I can't blame him if he does, because I, I won't say he's done everything he could in Columbus, obviously, but He's gotten them to a nice point, and I think Yarmo definitely is in good hands with you know how he can run the team and whoever he might have as far as assistance or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think Yarmo even had a clause in his Blues contract as far as when he got out of that one. So as far as him in New York, though, I mean the rain. We know the Rangers. You know we know his history there. I, th- I mean if he wants to do it, you know I can't blame him um, as far as basically going home, I guess. But I hope he stays just because I like what he's been able to do. But yeah, I mean, good for him either way. I did not realize how long he'd been here. You know, I guess everything kind of runs together. He's been here for, I mean, it'll be seven calendar years in October. And yeah, Seeds, you spoke to it. That's wild. But yeah. I, and all those years where the Jackets, you, you, I think you used the phrase laughing stock just a minute ago. Remember when the, when the Jackets got Craig Patrick in 11 just because they needed an adult to run things? You know, not not that Housen. Mm. They, they needed somebody above Housen, somebody who could actually just be a guiding hand on this franchise, and someone with experience and like yes, yes, an adult in the room. I guess. I mean, not, that sounds 
that sounds mean and I don't really mean it like that, but you know what I mean? No, I, I know what you mean. Like more, more of a, a seasoned hockey veteran who's been around building a winning culture. When you get your learner's permit, when you learn to drive, a lot of people go to a driving school and there's a person to the right who is an adult who has driven a lot, who has a set of brakes that they can pump if it looks like you're going to veer into oncoming traffic. I think that's what that job was for. I think that's what JD has done. I think the Jackets are on the road now. I think things are okay. Personally, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they should do. I think they should not having a president is, is fine. It seems like if Yarmo wants to keep doing it. And, and Zito, he interviewed for the Seattle job. He's, I guess, maybe got some other interviews lined up. I think they're going to be fine with, with Yarmo. I would rather see Yarmo in a GM role because I think he's done a pretty good job. So who knows? Who knows? But it's, it's fun to see drama in the front office as well as you know, the actual players that are, that are leaving. And the boys had some fun this past week. The Riley Nash's 30th birthday party in Nashville. There was a really good, Anthony Duclair had a, had a picture on his Instagram story with more than, a, more than half a dozen guys in there. It looked pretty fun. Matt Duchesne was there, notably. Free yes, yes, he Matt was. Duchesne. Hey, don't you think those guys should have been studying tape? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. After, after uh, I know I like to joke in our Slack when, uh, players are having fun i'm like hey shouldn't they be like you know they lost that last game they should be studying their tape and stuff but yeah i was i did find it interesting i guess um and in fact i think Duchesne reached out to sky hartnell on twitter about spots to see in nashville so it's kind of cool to see the the group i mean they just had a long season just blowing some steam and whatever um i don't know i hope i really hope Duchesne. i hope that speaks to the camaraderie he has with the players and everything i mean obviously it's a business and i get that who knows what's going to happen July 1st. But if there was one guy that you felt good about, I, I, Duchesne for me is the guy as far as potentially wanting to be back. And hopefully it works out. Agreed. Yeah, he was so happy to be here. We talked about him a lot on this podcast. He did say that free agency will be the biggest decision, decision of his career. Anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. You mentioned Merzlikens earlier, both of you guys did, regarding Bob's replacement. Elvis Merzlikens is one of seven Blue Jackets playing in the IIHF World Championships. Zach Warinsky was added to the USA roster today. It's Alexander Winberg, Vladislav Gavrikov, Elvis Merzlikens, Alexandre Texier, Pierre-Luc Dubois, goaltender Vinny Velavainen, and then, of course, Zach Warinsky. So, seeds. Alexander Winberg today for Team Sweden. Two goals, two assists, including scoring in the first minute of the game. It's amazing what happens when you shoot the puck, isn't it? It's it's a it's a <laughs> it's a damn stunner what happens. Alexander Winberg had a four-point game today. Alexander Winberg's last four-point game with the Columbus Blue Jackets came on November eleventh or November fourth, twenty sixteen. And it, the Blue Jackets win over the Montreal Canadiens, which some of you might remember as the 10-0 victory. That's familiar. 
vaguely familiar. That is the last time Alexander Winberg had four points for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He does have three points in in three seasons since then. Two three-point games in twenty in twenty seventeen and a three-point game in March of two thousand eighteen, and this year Alexander Winberg only had two points in three games, yeah, three different games. Other than that, a bunch of one-pointers. Alexander Winberg can apparently score on the international stage, but cannot do it in Columbus. Whether that's usage or coaching or Alexander Winberg just hates it here. Whatever it is, it's just, it's just frustrating to see that this guy who's been so maligned all season, I know, and I'm ranting here, but it's just, you know, this guy's been maligned all season and steps off the plane and scores. Like, come on. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's spite or a slap in the face to Columbus, but it almost feels like spite, just the fact that it feels like spite. <laughs> He didn't shoot the puck in four playoff games, but then he goes over there and scores four points, including two goals. And it's just like, okay. And this is coming off the comments he made right after they cleaned out their locker rooms last week. And, you know, you know, obviously the team wants offense from him, more offense. And he had his comments about how he can't wait to go over to Sweden. And uh, I guess different, different strategy from different coaches or whatever. I think it's obvious that Columbus and Winberg need to just separate. And I guess the difficult thing for a lot of people is this is a guy who, you know, he looked like a, a big prospect. I mean, just what, three seasons ago, he had that big 50-point season that got in the contract he has. And he has, he's gone downhill since point production-wise. And I think people are afraid that they're going to give him up for nothing and then he's going to blossom again somewhere else. But, you know, at the same time, it is what it is. If this is what they're going to do, if this is what it's going to be with him, then they have to potentially look to ship him out and get whatever they can. He's got, he's only 24 years old and he's got yeah. four more years at 4.9 million AAV. Um, I do think he scored today personally just to spite seeds, just to <laughs> yeah. shove it in his face. You figure he's got skill. Maybe they could find a trade, trade partner, but that's so much money for no even strength goals this year. I don't know. It's, I mean, that's one of the biggest questions for the guys who are already on the roster. I mean, you talk about free agents and, and seeds uh, wrote a really good post for the Canon last week about trades and whether the deadline deals were worth it. But when you look at the guys who are definitely coming back, we're already locked down. We talk about Dubinsky every summer, but I mean, Dubinsky had a better season than Alexander Wedberg. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch the rest of the guys, though. I think you know it'll be good to see Zach Wierenski hopefully have an injury free tournament and, and have a good off season where he's finally healthy. But sorry, I'm looking up how many shots on goal Winberg took today. Here we I go. just wanted to add. I just I was just going to add real fast with Winberg. I'm writing his player review, which is going up in about a week or so. Started on it yesterday, and yeah, again, it's like I write about how he had he didn't have any shots or whatever, and then today he does what he does. Yeah, you can check out the player reviews. That's a good point, Will, because those are those are going up. We put Seth Jones and Scott Harrington. We're going in numerical order, so you can figure from there. But sorry, Seeds, what were you saying? I can't even find stats on Winberg. What oh, international international competition is is a mess. Yeah, this is in, this is incredibly incredibly frustrating. It looks like Alexander Winberg's not even on the roster here. As much as I complain about the NHL and their stupid website and the way they do things, they, you can at least find a box score. 
Yeah, I can't. I literally cannot find a box score for this stupid hockey game. Anyway, God bless yeah. the people who follow prospects and international players. Yeah, and know how to I do can't. Because good lord. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how people do this. Anyway, um, yeah. So we can we can just move on. I'll ig- ignore me. Well, we are running close. Uh, you know, other than the uh, other than the world. Sh- oh, hang on. Well, we are running close to our time. Other than the world championships and watching guys party and golf for the rest of the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, it's it's funny we're talking about we're thinking about internally draft stuff, but there's not too much for the Blue Jackets to worry about there either. It's really just kind of waiting until July and seeing you know what kind of pieces fall if if Davidson leaves, what happens in the front office, and just kind of keeping her steady going into the offseason, I guess, and watching what else happens in the NHL playoffs. It's good to see that the that the officiating going to be diplomatic hiccups were not limited <laughs> to uh, the Blue Jackets series or or even round two, for that matter. So it, it's, like we said, we're, we're, we're paying attention. We're watching some of it. I, I will tune in more once we get farther from Jackets game six. Because, you know, when you're when the playoffs... It's funny. We we did not grow up with a lot of playoff hockey to watch. So I think I think <laughs> I think seasoned fans who watch their team go have a much better idea of how to handle it personally because I've got tons of stuff that I've been putting off in my own life uh, <laughs> to deal with this playoff run. Yeah, same. I've been meaning to fix that hole in the wall. I've been I, I've been meaning to do this and that. Yeah, we recently moved. We recently moved, and I have decorations still sitting on the floor that I haven't hung because <laughs> I was too caught up in playoff hockey. So now I can actually put stuff on the walls, and it looks like I live in an apartment and not like a dorm room. <laughs> if you guys are looking to move again, I know of a condo on Spring Street that you guys might be able to fit into. I'm moving in August. <laughs> oh, right, right on Spring Street. <laughs> yeah. No. Are, you, are you buying well, Bob's condo? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> For a cool two point whatever million. <laughs> Nine five, which I think he bought it at two point one, so that's pretty good valuation there. Yeah. I don't know what he did to it. And, it. and from where it is, it looks like you can probably see into Huntington Park. So hey, you can see watch the Columbus Clippers. <laughs> yeah, once because that two point nine five million, you won't have any money left over for Clippers season tickets. So it's just included right. in the price. All right, boys. Well, we are running out of time. In lieu of a final thought, because I think we've gotten our thoughts out in the last half hour, let's do some series predictions. As we record this podcast, San Jose and St. Louis are playing game two. Right now, Boston is up two games to none over Carolina. Will, we'll start with you first. What do you think for the rest of those two series? Uh, I will say Bruins in five. And I was thinking, I think the Sharks will win their series. I could see it going six or seven. If they win, we'll, we'll, we'll just say Sharks in six. We'll put it that way. All right, Seeds, what do you think? I'm picking the Bruins in five as well. I think Carolina's too good. They'll have to get one of those games at home where they've been dominant in these playoffs, and they really, really need to come out and win a home game for those fans. But yeah, um, I think Boston's just too good overall. And then I'm going to pick the San Jose Sharks in seven. I think Jordan Bennington will... Return to form, get the get the Blues back into this series, but I just think the Sharks are too good, especially now that Pavelski has returned. So I mm-hmm. think we're going to see a Sharks-Bruins uh, final, which means that uh, 
Joe Thornton winning the cup in Boston is a fit, would, would be on the table. Yeah, I was really intrigued about Thornton beating the Bruins for that cup. That would be that'd be pretty cool. I'm gonna agree with you guys. I think I think it will go six for that Boston series. Carolina, you know, they had the analytics all year, and it was oh, if luck ever catches up with them, they will be elite, and it did for that Islander series. But I think goaltending, like Will mentioned, I think goaltending is just gonna do them in. And then I want San Jose to win. I'll take San Jose in seven as well. I I think the Jumbo Joe line storyline is good. Also, I don't really care. Like, it's funny in the East, like we watch all these teams all the time. And so you have a lot of feelings and like a lot of deep-seated hatred and people that you don't like for different reasons. Uh, the West, I don't really have any of that. The Pat Maroon story is pretty cool for St. Louis. The Jumbo Joe story is pretty cool. So, you know, whatever happens out there. But I'm going to agree with you all. Bruins and Sharks. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of the Canon Cast. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Check them out at AngelaPurley.com. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes or any of your favorite podcast services. As always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at CBJCanon and comment on JacketsCanon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.